All right, episode three now. Three now with Mr. Sammy Aceves, the Mr. Always with a warm smile who's singing to you at church every Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever it may be. He's always up on that stage. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll be discussing a lot of important issues involving the world of music and how it could influence us and how music could be used for good things and, in a lot of cases, bad things in our world. So let's get to it. We have Mr. Sammy Acevis here in the studio or in the music room, whoever you want to say. But he's with us. And uh, Mr. Sammy, you've been at this church for a long, long time, haven't you? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see, we're in 2021. So roughly going about, well, actually since I was a kid. So I um, started coming here and when it was Cover Chapel West Covina which was back in 1986, 86, 87. So about, How old are about you? 30, 30, 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> How old do I look? <laughs> uh, let's just skip that question. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I remember as a kid uh, going through those hallways downstairs, and I remember, uh, I think I was probably like, I don't know, six or seven years old and you're on your phone or something you're walking from the uh, along the hallway and i'm just like hi sammy the music is really good and i go up the stairs and you're like sure thanks dude and you're on your phone you're probably thinking like uh, who's this kid <laughs> just brush him off it's, no, it's just, it's just no, another no. kid <laughs> but no i mean i always remember sammy was always uh leading the worship and he still is he's still part of the worship team here at uh, at uh calvary and everything and even then if you go on the archives you could probably see like from way way back yes, then when there, dude. there was no yeah. the only camera was just like a, a one shot camera of, of just pointing towards the sanctuary and mm. you have sammy there mm -hmm. long yep. long time ago but yes, sir you've been here for quite a while um you've been part of worship for how long would you say um, Older than probably I've been alive. <laughs> uh, so I started in the for formally in the worship ministry in May of 2000. So think about it'd be about 20, what? 19 or no, 21 years. 21 years, yeah. yeah. 21 years. About 21 years. I'm only 21 years old myself. Yeah. Jeez, so, yeah. So, yeah, I guess you, you hit it on the <laughs> nail, dude. <laughs> Pretty much as long as I've been alive, Sammy's yes, been Yes, that's how long worship. I've been in the worship ministry. So, mm -hmm. um as part of worship, you have a big responsibility in regards to like preparing, uh, I would say preparing the sheep to be in tune to when Rawl comes out or whoever really comes out to give a message. How would you say as a worship leader or, or just being part of the worship team in general, how would you say that really does your job? How, how do you view it really? Do you view it like that or do you view it, view it in a much bigger sense? Well, I've always viewed it in the, in the sense of preparing the hearts of the people to receive the word. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. That's what the whole idea of worship is. Yeah. Um, it's to invite the people and prepare their hearts and their minds to have that connection with the Lord mm -hmm. and to be ready to receive the word. I've always believed that. Mm -hmm. I've always believed that. I was taught that at a very young age. Yeah. So I've always held true to it. Um and I go, we can get into this later on, but I know it's deviated some in the last 10 plus years mm -hmm. where the, this whole concept of worship has become a different kind of thing altogether now. Mm -hmm. um, but no, ultimately I've all, I've always, I've always held that standard to myself and I've always, whoever I've led with or whoever I've um, been over or even under as this is the case now, I've always held that to the highest esteem that it's to prepare the people it's to prepare the sheep to be able to listen to the word yeah you know mm -hmm, exactly. it plays a big important part of that so in a sense when you come into uh, a church or if you're just dealing with issues that you may be dealing with like trials or tribulations storms when you come into church and you go and sit down and then the worship starts that's like a way of like just putting all of your worries and struggles or anything that you're dealing with is a way of putting it aside and just coming before the feet of Jesus and worshiping him because he is the one who's ultimately going with you through this trial or he puts you in that trial to endure. 
And when you come at his feet and worship him, you're giving praise and recognizing that he is the almighty, the all powerful. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's like Sammy said, that's important because, you know, you never know who comes into that door, who's dealing with any sort of issues or the person who, who isn't dealing with any issues. They worship can be a time of, of reminding people mm. who they are of, you know, their talents, their abilities, or the good life they they be they may be living at the moment, it's all due to the Lord. And Amen. Worship is a great way of reminding people of that, I think. so. Yes, sir. But for you, you're part of worship, and you're also part of our tech ministry. How did you get into worship at this church to begin with? I mean... So my beginnings are in choir. Uh, I started out when we had a, a, big, a big adult choir. Mm-hmm. I was 16 at the time. I was the youngest of the bunch uh so i I, I auditioned i took a chance and i did it and uh when i got accepted it was like the biggest thing for me i've always been that kind of like a choir music nerd Mm -hmm. i always loved harmony and the sound of a nice rich full vocal team that's always been my thing even to this day um ask anyone i've ever sang with like that's what i have always strived to to achieve Mm -hmm. and um i started out there i did it for two years uh, before officially joining the worship team as a as a guy still in high school. I was a senior in high school at the time. Um, I had already been doing high school worship uh, too by, by that time. I was the main worship leader for high school ministry. So I was underneath Scott Salamat. He was my high school pastor. No beard and or with the beard? No beard. Oh my no gosh. beard and short hair. Nobody's nobody has ever seen that. Yeah, I knew I knew Scott. Scott and I go way back. I knew him when he had long hair. Oh my gosh. He had long hair at one point. I was a kid when I remember seeing him with long hair. And he always he always fascinated me because I always thought he was like um like a Southeast Islander person. Because he always dressed in board shorts with like long hair. Yeah. He always like I was just like he seems like a cool dude. But um no, yeah, I was underneath Scott, um, and uh, I mean, I led worship in high school for many years, uh, well, many years, like uh, 1998 up to 2000 when I started, and then um, the worship leader here at the time asked if I could, we could have a vocal team for the, for the main sanctuary Wednesday nights, and so it was me and two of the girls that I started with, and um, we just always sang together, mm-hmm. and so that was our team, and then, you know... Um, Worship leaders would change, come and go. Uh, ultimately, the guy that that uh, I ended up serving alongside of who was I call my mentor, he kind of, a lot of what he did, I emulated. Mm-hmm. And even to this day when I lead, I still emulate a lot of the stuff that I saw him do mm-hmm. because I always saw liked how he led. He was very, very uh, group-oriented, right. wanted everybody to be together. Um he was he was more of a musician than a than a singer, and he would acknowledge that. So I handled a lot of the singing stuff, mm-hmm. and he handled a lot of the band stuff. So we kind of came together in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the perfect team up, like Batman and Robin. You, <laughs> you you might say that actually, and one would actually probably characterize us as that. So that was actually my my beginnings. I was I was in that for a good, gosh, quite a few years, dude, and, and until he left, and then we had different worship leaders as you've probably seen they've come and go and yeah i've always just been a part of it kind of been like the guy that's always just been there you've always been i would like to say you're like the glue that that never le- never leaves oh. you're you, you're stuck to the worship team no one can get rid of you you can't leave you're, you know what you're dude? part of it man uh, it's 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 my heart dude that's that's where i feel ultimately that that that's where my joy is yeah you know aside from jesus of course but like the joy of serving in that way that's like my my meat right there. That's something so. I, I like that, like you said, because whenever I hear this issue or this um, topic brought up, it's something that I always want to address. You know, yeah. like I said, you'd never want to eliminate a burning heart for the Lord. And that's something you have because you've been serving here for so long and you dedicate your heart and it's something that you enjoy doing. It's not something you consider a chore or anything for this mm-hmm. amount of time, 21 years doing one thing um, with mm-hmm. one main thing with the church. You do a lot of other things, but like the main thing you do here for the past 21 years, and it's not something that you've grown tired of found boredom. in. it's just something mm-hmm. you consistently always want to do. And, that's the definition of a burning heart of a passion that you have that God's giving you and your talent and ability is, has not gone unnoticed. You've 
like I say, you've been here for so long, they can't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't get rid of you, man. Uh, yeah, it's, you, you know, it's funny, dude. Like, I mean, I had, and I don't know if we get into this later, but I had a, I had a situation in my life. Uh, let's see, we're in 2021. I think I'm, it's been so long. <laughs> um, about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, it was a turning point for me. Um, and I really faced a dark time in my life. And I stepped out away from worship ministry a little bit for a couple months. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you this, though. It was a time where all the songs I'd ever sung came back to help me right. in a big way. So that's a good lesson to remember that that what we do for the Lord, it it, it, it comes back to us in, 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 a, in a bigger way. I'm not sure if I'm making sense when I say that, but for me anyway, a lot of the songs I had been singing, you know, um, I was remembering them as I was going through this time. Mm-hmm. And it was just something where like God needed to redo a couple of areas in my life that had been shattered a bit mm-hmm. to, to my own fault, you know, and I'll honestly say that. Um, but it was where the Lord really just gave it back to me mm-hmm. because I had released it. Yeah, I had said, you know what, Lord, you do what you will. And he did. And he brought it back. And let me tell you something. I I have found a different purpose in the way. It's like you said, it's always been there. Yeah. But it, it it's interesting, like, when we go through life circumstances and things that happen to us, like, the Lord really reveals to us areas in our life that need to be worked on, and he's able to use stuff, like, for a lot of us, the word, you know, and a lot of us worship songs. Right. That really minister to our hearts. So that's that's something interesting. But 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 just going back to what you're saying, Worship totally helps you, and it, you're, you you end, I end, you end up coming back to where you started. And for me, that's where I came back. So, yeah, I've, I'm still here. Surprisingly, I'm still here. But you know what? I'll be here as long as God wants me to be here. That's And I've said that. Yeah, I really yeah, I really like what you said. Just uh, like you said, we'll, we'll probably get into uh, this area or this time that you had mm-hmm. to deal with. But, I mean, th- for two things I want to say on that, you know, yeah. despite— you being in this ministry for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and all the things you've experienced through this ministry, um, all the events, Christmas, Easter, or whatever it may be, mm. you know, you've dedicated your heart and soul to this uh, practically. And, but still, despite being the faithful servant that you are, you've still gone through your trials. And it doesn't mean what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, as the Christian, as we walk in our faith, as our faith grows, as the years go on, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through these trials. And at some point in your life, some can go through it early in the middle or like later on in their lives. And mm-hmm. for you, uh, this just recent, like you said, three years ago, you, you had to deal with probably one of the worst trials that you've had to face or anything like mm-hmm. that you know yeah so that just goes to show you that you know no no one as a christian you're not um how do i say you're not eliminated from any potential difficulties or struggles like mm. it's still gonna happen to you no matter how long you've been walking so true but uh, the second thing i want to talk about which leads me into my next question for you you said that through the that trial you know the the, the worship songs that you sang for many times it, it came back to you mm-hmm. and it helped you. So uh, my next question is like, how do you feel that worship music particularly helps you in that time of stress and in difficulty? Because I could definitely, uh, I'll, I'll get into like my interpretation of it as mm-hmm. well, but at least for you, let's start off with you, like how that, how that worship affects you. Cause you, you're usually the one singing it to people, but in a lot of ways it, you definitely need it coming back to you to um, get the effect and everything? So it's, that's a very, 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 very good question. Um, and I don't want to go off on a tangent because I know I could, <laughs> and I know I can ramble. So forgive me if I do do that. I don't want to, but. Daniel will be um, like, let's hurry up. Yeah, Daniel's <laughs> like, turn it off. Um, no, so um, for me, at that, going back to the, the instance that I was telling you about, it, worship was very therapeutic for me, and I've said this to a lot of people. It was very therapeutic for me because um, leading 
leading worship on a, on a daily basis and, and, and singing songs, it, 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 it can get a little on the monotonous side if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, you know, there, there was a point in my life where it did become, it did become a little monotonous where I just was going in the, going in the day in the day out kind of Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, even Friday night, if I just led, but, um, I still found joy in it. Um, but where where it became monotonous was just doing it over and over again and not really taking into meaning and taking into heart what those songs were conveying. Right. You're what, just going through the motions. Exactly. Of it. Exactly. You're just going through the motions day in and day out. And where 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 it helped me was I needed I came to that point in my life where I needed to rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. I literally did not have any other way to go. Right. I had to come back to him. And one of the ways that I found myself coming back to him quite accidentally, if I may, if I may say so, was thinking of certain lyrics Mm -hmm. to songs. And I didn't realize it. I was like, Oh wow, Mm -hmm. that's so true. And it became very humbling. Yeah. Because you don't ever think, I mean, it is very, very, very true. Christian or not, we all go through struggles. We all go through trials. We all go through temptations. Right. Right. But you don't ever really think it can be as bad as it can be because you know you have Jesus. Mm-hmm. But but it can get to that place yeah. where God really needs to get your attention and say, hello. Over like, here. Come on, over here. Yeah. I need you. So it really got to that point for me, dude. And, um, and the Lord was calling out to me. Mm-hmm. And it, like going back to the humbling part, it was humbling because I never thought I could ever get to that point. And it was like God's way of saying, you never thought you could get there. But, but here you are. But, but, but here you are. As, <laughs> that, as Thanos said, where did that lead you? Back to me. Back to me. <laughs> right? Right? Exactly. Exactly, dude. And... Quite honestly, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was a little on the embarrassing side. Mm-hmm. And I, but I was thankful, though, that I was, it was just me and Jesus. Because I'm like, I can't tell anybody about this. Everybody's going to think I'm a freak. They're going to think I'm this and that and the other. And for, a, for the last couple of years, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've actually been able to open up a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, I didn't want to. I was afraid. Yeah. I was afraid of what people might think because, you know, they... You know, Sammy, they know you. They've known you for this many years. They know how you are. You know, it's like, if I tell them I've gone through this, they're going to hate me. They're gonna, And I all these thoughts that the enemy plants in your head to think these things. And it's, that it's just important to realize that's all the enemy. Exactly. Exactly. And it wasn't until a year after that, that I was finally getting back into the swing of things that I, I recognized that it was the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Yeah. When you when when you review, when the Lord reveals to you in that way, but yes, worship is very, very, very important because it can get you through so, a lot of, a lot of dark times in your life. You know, I've I've come across so many people in the last couple of years that have told me, Sammy, we've we we just love when you play this song because it really just ministers to us. You know, my dad you know, went through this trial or my mom was in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. These kinds of different things that people are going through. And you never realize how much it can affect somebody's somebody's state of mind, somebody's being, mm-hmm. by just hearing something as simple as, God, I look to you. Mm-hmm. Where does my help come from? You know, you're where my help comes from. Give me vision. Give me wisdom to see things like you do. You know just what to do. I will love you. Just even proclaiming proclaiming um, the name of the Lord. You know, our worship leader here, he's been very candid with us lately. Love him to death so, so much. Um, He's been very candid with us lately about his own struggles, and he's been telling us, you know, I've been calling out to Jesus and just saying the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. a lot. And that's been ministering to me even as of late because, you know, even just a few days ago from the time of this podcast, like I... I was going through some really emotional stuff mentally and emotionally uh, in, in, in my mind and just saying the name Jesus and just taking a deep, deep breath. <sighs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it's just like calling out the name of Jesus and like 
letting him just wash you. That's yeah. something you don't think about, like, to do. But I started doing that within myself. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So everyone just, everyone just took a deep breath right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you need to do that. And for those of you guys who are listening, like, don't be afraid to call out the name of the, name of the Lord. Yeah. Like, even just speaking his name. You know, I remember hearing Sharon, Sharon Reese, um, saying in her autobiography, um, if you ever get her, her autobiography, my, my husband, my maker, do it. It's an amazing biography. But she talks about how she and her sister, when, when she was, um, when they were living in the jungles of, no, in Chile, not in Colombia, but in Chile, that they lived in an old house that was, um, that used to be uh, owned by a devil worshiper. And they would hear a lot of, a lot of like, creaks and noises and stuff like something out of a horror movie and she says they would call out the blood of jesus the blood of jesus Mm -hmm. and it would go away Mm -hmm. yes so that's powerful dude that is beyond powerful we should never take the name of jesus lightly no ever never i mean as you're saying like whether you're in a haunted house which i don't i don't recommend that you do but heck no but (laughs) heck no but i mean you don't even in your own house in your own room or wherever you know the devil can come in and you like you have to deal with the situation that you know as sammy said you realize it's from the devil but just even rebuking the devil and saying in the name of jesus i rebuke you satan get out of my life something as simple as that can potentially calm the nerves that you may be feeling or the worry that you may be uh, being overshadowed by because something as simple as calling out to the name of Jesus is realizing, again, who who is before you and yeah. after you, who knows everything that's going to happen in your life. That's submitting <clears throat> to his will. But to build off what you said, like with, with my experience, like something I tend to deal with a lot, um, even to this day, is just stress and anxiety sometimes that mostly it mostly developed Mm. through the amount of experience I had not as much through high school, but definitely through college. Like my, my time in college, like definitely I really was able to discover like that side of myself. And it was, it was definitely a weapon that the enemy used against me a lot. And I just remember uh, we'll get, I'll talk about this in some other podcast, but there was just a time in my life to where the, the, the the enemy really got a hold of me. The stress and anxiety was just too much for me to handle, uh, particularly involving um, my experiences in college. And I just remember coming to Dale and Rawl and just saying, you know, I'm really stressed. I, I can't eat. I can't sleep. Like, it was just, like, really bugging me with what I was dealing with in college. And that, that all had to deal with mostly my major and what I chose. But mm. still... It, it didn't matter because like the the stress and anxiety it was there, and mm-hmm. Rawl and Dale just you know prayed over me, and over time like the levels of stress and anxiety I get is not as severe as it was before, but what I use as a great uh, weapon against my anxiety and my stress is worship music. You know whenever. Mm-hmm. I am going through something like that. Uh, it's just a simple song of like, you know, Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. I absolutely love that song. It's just a reminder that, you know, the the battle of our sinful nature, it belongs to the Lord. The Lord, the, the battle belongs to the Lord, but the Lord ultimately, he already took the victory. But mm-hmm. it's just reminding us, the worship is just, for me at least, it's a time to where I, like I said earlier, it's just that moment to where you realize that the Lord is in control of everything that you are facing in your life. Mm. And like you said, those songs and those lyrics, they do, you can sing them over and over and over at church or you can hear it uh, a lot on the radio. Yeah. But when you're actually going through the situation with me, with my stress and anxiety, it was like climbing a mountain, right? And even that yeah. song that goes, I will climb this mountain with my hands yes. wide open. You sing it. and But then when you're going through that mountain that you're climbing and then you realize those those lyrics, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. Amen. I mean, you, you're by, by understanding what those lyrics mean now, you realize all I have to do is climb this mountain with my hands wide open in submission to the father. Yes. Submission to the father, because he, like I say, he ultimately has control of everything in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that worship 
worship should <laughs> not be taken lightly, as you say, because in these situations, worship music can just el- alleviate any kind of issues that you may be dealing with for temporarily at sometimes, but even ultimately that, that can also be a way of like taking your last final step across this storm or anything like that. It mm-hmm. can help you in the beginning, the middle, through the end, no matter when you're dealing with your storms in life, worship music is a way for you to recognize who, who's still on the throne. Yes. I mean, it's very true. It's very important that we realize that, but so that, I mean, that is the, the realm of worship uh, music involving worship music and you know one of the things I want to get into with you is this worldly viewpoint on music and you know music has existed forever but why I mean we'll start off with this question what music has existed forever right you know mm-hmm. but why is it recently that we've we've entered this stage of music being used as a weapon or a tool for darker purposes how like why why you think we've gone through that well i think it has to go back to the ultimately it starts with the beginning of way of time the beginning of time i'm reminded of I can't remember. My mind is kind of foggy right now, but it's uh, where it talk in, in the Old Testament where it talks about Lucifer, and I forget if it's in Isaiah. Oh, I don't remember. But it's where he says how you how you have fallen, O Lucifer, oh, how great you were, you know, O Lucifer, son of the morning, and how you have fallen and mm-hmm. become as you know as you know the ground of the earth. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but. Um, I'm just thinking of that, you know, when we've heard Pastor Raul and even other pastors and we've talked about how, you know, Lucifer was once, was an angel. Mm-hmm. And when he proclaimed the five I wills, like, I will be like the most high. I will ascend above the stars. I will, you know, be greater than, than God, basically. Um, and when he's cast down, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a cherubim. Mm-hmm. He's one of those angels that really, you know, made music. So, I think it stands to reason with the way things are going in, in music. I mean, the music industry itself, as a whole. I mean, it's always kind of been like doggy dog kind of a thing, but I think as of late, it's become more evil mm-hmm. in the sense of just wanting, like. It's more than wanting praise now. It's about wanting to glorify basically Satan and glorify evil mm-hmm. and to show that evil is what's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're good, then you're just, you're, you know, that's bad. You know, right. <laughs> you're like bad is good and good is bad. So I think it stems from there. You know, I, I truly believe that, that, that the enemy does have a, a tight grip on, on music mm-hmm. because Music, unlike a lot of other different types of things, is a universal language. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could speak to anybody in terms of any kind of form and forms and genres of music, and it translates. Yeah, for real. just as powerful as words mm-hmm. as speaking. You know, so I think, I think that's where it stems from, dude. I think it stems from this from from the from the concept that that that. That, that Satan is in, is in the mix of it all, and he knows how he can get people mm-hmm. by just listening to the wrong kind of thing. Yeah, you know. And dare I say, I'm gonna be treading the, I'm gonna be walking this tightrope here, but I'm walking you know, it with you. He, he, it, it almost sounds to me like it, he's really getting into it, like even with worship music, mm-hmm. just you know, and and very, very nonchalantly, if 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 I may say so, because, um. What we're seeing now in a lot of different uh, pastoral circles, and I know this is a whole other podcast for that kind of thing, but you know, from a worship leader standpoint, like like you see other pastors that are not really following the word mm-hmm. as we, you and I know it to be, right? And how we've been taught here, like you're seeing that now, and a lot of worship leaders are following suit. I mean, you think of like name any 
popular worship group or worship team. And we could honestly tell you what they represent just by what we know them. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, you know, the enemy's sly. He's very cunning. He can get in. He can get in his way and really mix things around without people even knowing yeah. that they're being mixed around. Does that make sense? I mean, is the idea that I've always grown up. My parents always told me this saying: "It's like man will always fail you, but the word the Lord will never fail you." And that's yeah, that's applicable that's so to true. war to war. Like you said, worship groups, worship leaders. Not every worship leader or worship group is corrupt or is trying to promote yeah, a, a message but totally no 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 there are some that yes for me at least i i i i never grew up listening to rap music or hip-hop or anything like that i my parents just like drowned me in worship music and it's good thing it's a really good thing i really appreciate that um but for me i didn't grow up listening to any rap or hip-hop or anything like that and so like i think when i was like probably 13 that's when i f- first introduced myself to like lecrae and everything okay and, yeah um at the time, like I, I was just a kid and I was listening to his music and he, he's not a world, uh, uh, like his, his music involves around Christian beliefs and a lot of things like God, this, God, that, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and it, it was, it was nice. It's not like I, like, it was something to where it's like, I like this genre of music and it's talking about the Lord and everything in the words and the words aren't offensive or anything. And so as the years go on, as I get older, you come to learn that, you know, they have their flaws, you know, although they are uh, Christian singers, or in this case, he's a Christian rapper. He doesn't like to identify himself as that. He doesn't want to be put in that group because he feels like he's isolated from these other worldly, worldly rappers, like, you know, the, the, you know, those people. And even then too, like his way of, of um, raising his children, to mm-hmm. be however they want to identify as whoever they want to be, mm-hmm. you know that's something to where the Bible speaks directly against. So, yeah. you know, yeah. like I said, man always fails you. I I idolized uh, Lecrae as a young boy, and I really loved his music, and I grew up listening to it and his albums and stuff. But then, as I matured and I started to, he and as soon as Lecrae started to show his own colors, you know, that's something that you have to be aware of and realize that there are flaws no one's perfect you know, even though you sing about the lord and everything doesn't mean like you say you go through your trials but also too the devil is sly like you said he has a way of twisting the minds of people whether who know mm-hmm. who you are and all of a sudden you you realize like you know that person has issues themselves and they we need to pray for them but you know that's that's one way I could explain yes. how the devil is sly like that because it's I didn't true. I didn't expect that to happen, and um, I'm hoping that these people who have gone astray, either worship leaders or pastors or just people in general, a lot of people in general who fall under the devil's traps and everything, you want to pray that they become aware of what they're dealing with, you know. Yeah. But in regards to the the world of music being turned evil, you know, like you said, it all stemmed from, from the beginning of time when Adam and Eve took that, uh, did that sin, a of the forbidden fruit, sin entered the world. And then everything else fell like a domino. And it was eventually through time that music would become an effect of this domino. And you see it a lot more today. Um, I mean, if you guys were aware of just, the different, I mean, it's just, it's just, so, it's such a big topic because there are so many forms of music, rap, country, um, you know, you know, there's so many genres mm-hmm. and a lot of these genres, I feel like every single genre has a song or has a group that promotes something evil yeah. or anything like that. That's but true. the most recent ones I want to ask you about is particularly with like, because what, what what's so important, the reason why I want to talk about this is because either you, if you're listening yourself or you're a parent and you have kids that you're raising, you know, your kids, our generation is being influenced by this music. You can definitely say, as Sammy said, music is a universal language. So this is being spread to the entire world, the message. Yep. And in particular, it's geared towards young listeners. 
you know, lo- young listeners are have a lot more access to this type of music now mm-hmm. than probably. I mean, in your time, you probably in, in Sammy's time way back when they were listening to music on floppy disks or cassettes or yeah. CDs or yeah. something like that. But yep. With the, I'm pretty sure everyone has Spotify. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're on Spotify. You know, how many people, how many kids today can just go on Spotify and look up said person and listen to their music? In particular, that one thing I want to talk about is the that rapper Lil Nas X. You know, his recent scandal, or mm. you want to call it a scandal, not in his eyes. He just views it as trolling other people, trolling Christians. His uh, one of his latest songs had to deal with, I mean, I, I don't even listen to the words. I, all I know is the controversy around it, surrounding it, was about him making a song that basically pr- uh, promoted the devil yes. and worshiping the devil. Yeah. And even to the point to where he released shoes that literally had human blood mm-hmm. in it, like a point. Zero. I mean, it could have been point zero 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 one or just one percent, but the fact that this man made a shoe line that had the the devil symbol, human blood, and was made a promotion, made a music video yeah. about singing with the devil and dancing with the devil, you know, how in your in your viewpoint and what you see, like how important is it to warn parents or to people who may be listening to this type of music, like how important is it to be for them to be aware of what they're listening to? And particularly with the little Nas X, because he has such a big following, you know? So I definitely think it's very, very important. Um, going back to what you were saying earlier about the whole idea of like, you know, different generations as they grow up, you are de- absolutely right. I, I grew up with cassettes and CDs, Mm -hmm. you know, that was how we had our music and the radio. Yeah. You know, um, and it's interesting now because you, you are right. Streaming is such an, a a, a big thing now amongst the youth. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of us stream, I stream music on Apple music and Spotify. So, you know, because it's so much more easily accessible to find like your favorite artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. But with that comes the responsibility of parents to really do their best to try to shield their kids and kids in general because everything's at the fingertip. Yep. You know, especially in this generation. In this generation, you know, everything's at that fingertip with that with that phone, you know, with that tablet, with the laptop, with your heck, even with your Apple Watch. Who knows where that's going to go? You know. Um, different things allow us to access things so much more quickly and readily than before when I was growing up. Um, I definitely think it is important for parents to really monitor what kids are listening to because you never know, you know, the slightest little thing can trigger the, the, the curiosity of the mind to say, hmm, what's that song about? Let me take a listen to it. And before long, you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then you just download the whole thing on whatever, whatever, uh, uh, streaming uh, service you use. Yeah. Streaming service that you use, you know, it could be anything. Um, but the idea of like, you know, like you said, yeah, you getting influence in a lot of cases, but if you're like a Christian and you get this little like temptation on the hook, so to say from your friends, your friends, like mm-hmm. probably peer pressure. You yeah. like, just listen to it. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen, you know, or just listen to it because I listen to it. It sounds cool. Listen to the beat or whatever. And a lot of times, a lot of people just listen to it and they, it's much similar to like a worship song for sometimes you just don't like really listen to the lyrics. You just like go through it. Yeah. 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 sounds cool. It sounds cool. And you listen to it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You, the lyrics don't really mean anything to you. Yeah. How many times, like if I can just pull up any like worldly rapper, Cardi B, let's just say Cardi B, you know, with the amount of following she has and yeah. just read the lyrics with no beat, no music. If I was to take that music and read it out loud, I just, I would never step in this church again. They banned yeah. me. <laughs> they banned me from this church. But, you know, the the lyrics, they promote such evil, evil, 
ideas, evil actions, evil thoughts and everything like that. And don't think just because, you know, oh, it has cursing, it's not going to affect me. Oh, my goodness. You know, exposing yourself to that kind of language, it gets in your head. And what goes into the head comes out uh, comes out of your mouth. You know, the things you say and words, as you heard that many times before, words speak louder than actions, you know. You know, it's it's important that the the music and the lyrics that you're listening to or as parents, you know, these songs that are promoted to, to kids, it's important that you are aware of what the message is saying in songs because a lot of times we just tend to ignore that. We, we, we don't really understand what the song is promoting because yep. we're just so infatuated by the beat or the, yeah. the, the, the way the song goes or the popularity of it at the time, you know? Yeah. One of the things I remember learning early on in music was that and this is because I took a I took a songwriting I think it was a workshop I forget it was at a conference worship conference, yeah it was at a worship conference and one of the things they've often said just in songwriting as a whole, you always start off with a hook, mm-hmm. and what does the hook do? It draws you in because you need to have something that will entice you, to be able to hear what the song is about. And I mean, in, in the case that I took the, the the classroom it was for worship music you want to just something that's going to really write your praise speak the Lord. to the soul uh-huh speak to the soul and bring you in how much more per se does that equate to secular music mm-hmm. they have that one hook ooh baby baby it could be something as simple as that mm-hmm. to bring you in with a nice like steady bass rhythm mm-hmm. or steady musical notation line where it's just a nice little beat that gets you going in Mm-hmm. So, you always have that and that hook that draws you in. Yeah, and see, goes back to the idea of what we were talking about, where Satan knows exactly how to devise that hook mm-hmm. to bring the listener in. Exactly. Okay. okay. It's, it's very sly like that when you. Yeah. It's it's very you can very much see it, the wall on the writing when it comes to this young generation and like you said, the accessibility that they have to these songs and it just, because not only does it affect them now, it's going to affect them in their future because that's their way of thinking. If you're, you know, a child in middle school and you're listening to this song, that's going to carry into high school and who knows, you know, Mm -hmm. what kind of troubles or that's very true things that you're going to be dealing with because of the things you heard in middle school. One thing that a lot of, I've I've heard people do this, and I've seen people do this, where they'll like listen to music, but they'll just you know, oh, that's fine. I'll just like listen to the clean version of it. You know, I won't listen to Cardi B's song explicitly, but I'll listen to it the non the clean version with the the um, curse words taken out of it. You know. And that's fine because I'm not listening to those words, you know. So it's it's clean. That's why it's literally clean, right? But no. So something, it's interesting you bring that up because I had this discussion with um, a few of my students. As I'm a music teacher, so I teach, you know, I teach a lot of kids. And um, the biggest artist that I've had a couple of my kids ask me about is Olivia Rodrigo. Yes, okay? exactly, exactly. I've literally her, had this issue too. Her voice is people. really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll commend her for that. Mm-hmm. And her songs have a good beat. Going back to the beat. One thing I will say though is a song like Driver's License. Mm-hmm. Corny song, <laughs> but has a really cool, nice melodic line to it. Okay. Yeah. Where a nice, nice little singing line. You hear the clean version. That could easily get by, and it would be just as much of a hit song. Mm-hmm. So the idea of having to use something as explicit as a curse word in those kinds of songs does not make sense because the songs are good. The songs actually flow better, in my opinion, in the cleaner version mm-hmm. than they do in the explicit version. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Artists feel they need to sell a song to have that hook mm-hmm. be a curse word. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. 
and and and, and, and sparkled my mind because I even had my students ask me that question, mm-hmm. and these and these students are like in their tens, in their twelves, in their thirteens. Mm-hmm. It's like these, just like what you're saying. This generation is getting fed with that kind of thing. Yeah, it's so bizarre to me, and I'm thinking we're living in a time now where we're really seeing this run rampant but i also believe on the flip side of that coin that there are there the generation that's coming up like a lot of the youth in our church who are who know better for the most part they're in the world but they're not of the world right okay so they know what's going on Mm -hmm. they see how absurd it is yeah and it's like really like they're seeing it too so they're 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 being fed that, but they know better and they know the right way to think. Mm-hmm. And so, while on on one hand you have you know kids that just go to public school that don't know any better, mm-hmm. you have other kids that also go to public school but they go to church every single week, mm-hmm. and they're fed the word, they read the word on their own, you know, and have you know somewhat of a devotional life. Most of them probably do, and they understand if that generation would go to the said generation that's in the world that doesn't know Christ and minister to them, we would have so many more kids that would be able to tell right from wrong. Right. And to say, I'm not going to choose to listen to this kind of artist, you know? And even if I do like the cleaner versions make a lot more sense, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just think dude, that, this generation just needs to wake up, man. And I know a lot of them are. They're starting to come out of their shell a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. We still have a way to go, but but the way the music industry is, it's just it, so... It takes a turn for the left, and it just has driven full speed that yes, way. Yes, without having to even need to go that way. You don't need to, you don't need to add that kind of stuff to make it a good song. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if... If anything, a lot of the older music that has that has po- come out of the fifties and even the, and even the sixties, like a lot of that music proves to you that you don't have to put bad stuff in there mm-hmm. to make it a good song. And so, I will never get it. I, I, me as a musician and as a singer, I'll never understand why the music industry is the way it is today, dude. Yeah. It just does not make any sense to me. I mean, at all. I would understand for like a ten year old. Who who likes music? They're not gonna they're not gonna care to like listen to Johnny Be Good. You know they're not gonna listen to that and just feel the same way that they would feel for a, a Livio Rodrigo song. You know, but one thing I want to say in regards to those who who listen to the clean version and try to justify it that way and think that there's no f- harm or foul in it. You know, as a Christian, if you're not a Christian, then this is a warning to you. But even for those who are Christians, you know, as a Christian, you're supposed to be an example for others. And as a non-believer, you sh- uh, it's important that they recognize the Christian because the Christian is supposed to be that light on the hill, the yes. salt, the salt, you know, that stands out, that gives flavor to, to whatever they're dealing with, you know. But as a Christian, you know, if I were to as a, say everything that I say about the Lord and then I go, and in my car and then blast the radio and, you know, play a song by, you know, whoever said artist and it in the non explicit in the explicit version, it has the same message, but the clean version I'm listening to and people come into my car or, you know, they listen to the same music with me and they think it, it, it stumbles their walk practically because that music that you may be enjoying to and you say you're a Christian and you walk this path that the Lord has given you, but you're still listening to that secular music. Yeah. For the non-believer, they're going to be stumbled in what they view as a Christian because yeah. it's like, what what is this? I don't understand. And that's something that ultimately falls on the Christian because the Christian is supposed to be the ultimate exactly. example, like I said. Yeah. So not not only that stumbles the non-believer, but that also stumbles the believer too because the Lord is seeing everything. He takes note of everything that you do you know so i think that's very important that i would say that is my my explanation to someone who says 
that they're that even though it is a secular song, I'm just listening to a clean version or whatever. It's no big deal to you know. So that's like my my idea because even if if the song is clean, let's just say if the song is clean, then it's probably not a good song. If they have a clean version of it, let's just let's just I'm just gonna throw that out there because yeah. if anyone who listens to a clean version of a song and thinks that it's fine, if it's clean. There's a reason why it's clean. Yeah, and let I, I I couldn't agree more with you. And and let me actually just back backtrack a bit, just to kind of do a little like disclaimer for those of you listening who what I said earlier. I'm not trying to advocate. I'm just gonna be clear. I'm not trying to advocate listening to that kind of music. No, but we're warning um, about it. Yeah, we're basically just warning about it. And I'll have you know that with my students, I'm usually really careful with what whatever they want to learn you know i'm open for them to learn it but at the same time i would rather them not do those kinds of songs mm-hmm. and i always i often tell my the parents ahead of time like okay you know let's be okay with this if you're okay with this i don't they're asking but i'm so let it be known to the listener i'm not advocating for it i'm just yeah. you know stating that as, as a fact but no i couldn't agree with more with you on that because you, you know it really it really is true that you know, Christians are held to a higher standard mm-hmm. than the person that's just living their life in the world right. that doesn't know any better, mm-hmm. right? And we're, we're taught that. We all know that. So it's going back to the idea that that we need to live, we need to live lives of holiness and we need to live as right of a life as we can, you know? We're all going to stumble. We're all going to fall, you know? But ours is to know that and come clean before the Lord so he can cleanse us and wash us and pick us up and keep us going right like that's ultimately what it's about um but yes all all that to say like you know music music does have a heavy hold on a lot of people christian or non-christian mm-hmm. and listening to the right kind of music that will edify you that will uplift your soul that will that will help you go on the straight and narrow is what's going to get you through life as opposed to you know, music that's going to bring you down with bad lyrics and yes. stuff. You, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be torn down that way. You need to be lifted up. You know, people need to have hearts. Not non-believers alike need to have need to have hearts that are going to encourage them yeah. and keep them going. You know, and for the Christian, listening to worship music, listening to stuff that's going to edify you mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord. That's ultimately. The biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I'm going to repeat that again because I want to emphasize on it. You know, what, as Sammy said, you want music that uplifts you, that makes you feel better with your walk in the Lord, and it, it makes you feel better as a person knowing that the Lord's with you. But mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, how, how, give me one reason how this music could uplift your soul ultimately in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. How can this music, is this music, is this movie, is this person, is this book, is this whatever you want to fill in the blank? Is this worth your soul? Yeah. Practically, you know? Because yeah. ultimately, as Christian or not, the like I said, the Lord keeps a tally of what we do in our lives, and he's going to use it, and um, he's going to cast the wood stubble hay into the fire, and we want to yeah. make sure that what comes out is things of, holiness of the lord you know and these things are part you can say the wood hay and stubble in your life you know but um this music like i said i want to emphasize it one more time it's like this music it does not really i don't see it i don't want i I don't understand how people justify it and say that this could possibly uplift them or anything like Mm -hmm. that but one thing i want to emphasize as well that you said um i had in my head but i kind of forgot about it but oh I for, I forgot what it was. What's ultimately, especially with the case of Olivia Rodrigo, she her music, say save it as you will. It's like you say, it's geared towards a younger audience. Um, in the case with you, you're dealing with ten year olds and around that age group that listen to it. She's establishing this for this young generation, and it's important. Oh wait, that here it is. It's coming back to me. What you're saying is we're not advocating for this at all, but we're also not saying that that's not going to be part of your life. You're going to be exposed to this kind of music, especially in high school. Like high school, you're probably going to be hearing this type of music, but even yeah. before then, we're not saying that you're 
that this music isn't going to be part of your life or you're not going to experience it at some point in your life. What's yeah. important to that we want to emphasize is that the your walk with the Lord before then is what's going to help you combat that music. Yes. Because if you don't have a strong walk in the Lord, you're just going to listen to it. It's going to sound great. And you're going to fall into it. And then you're just like the millions of others who just fall victim yes. to it, you know? So Amen. it's important that although you listen, because I've, I, like I said, I've never listened to this, to this type of music growing up, but as an adult now and more access to it, and I listen to this type of music that's being promoted for our kids in this generation, it's important that I, for me, I listen to it. And I just be like, no, like, what's the point of this? I don't understand. Why is this so popular? Because I was built and I was raised on Christian standards and a Christian viewpoint. Does this song glorify God in any way? If it doesn't pass that check, then what's the point of it, you know? Ultimately, and so that's like one, one to close off this topic and everything, that's like one final hammer on the nail that I want to say is just, you know, you're going to be exposed to this in your life. It's important that when you see it, you realize what it is and know when to back away from it. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're just going to fall victim to it. Amen. So for you, just to um, close up with this podcast, for you, you're continuing your music career at CBU, right? Yes. You're literally down the street from me. I'm at UCR. <laughs> you're probably another Go 10 Riverside minutes. Riverside people. Yeah. <laughs> Riverside yeah. people. Uh, ride or die, Riverside. <laughs> yeah. But for you, what, what are you pursuing with CBU now? So right now, um, as, as it stands with the date of this podcast, I am a vocal performance major. Um, I, I, I'm going to start off with that. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how the first year, the first semester goes first year. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm going to reevaluate it after the year finishes and see if, if I want to continue with this, with this, or I want to change majors, but that's as of, as of right now. Yeah. So if you, you know, if we're still here next year, if you want to do another podcast, if I change, then you'll know. But as of right now, that's where it stands. The Sammy update. He signed. Sammy update. He signed and went and went full professional. <laughs> full, full professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That I, yes. I hope that goes well for you. And with me, we're, uh, we're going to be going to college right up the street from you. Um, yes. So we'll we'll be in Riverside dealing with yeah. college struggling, but we'll always meet back here at church. Yes. And to worship the Lord. That's because yeah. that's ultimately, ultimately coming to church every sunday whether it can it could be sunday wednesday friday whoever your church is like you know coming back to the lord each week uh, a way to remind yourself constantly you sh it should be daily with your daily reading but Amen. be able to worship the lord in that house in that setting when everyone in there has the same um, mindset and viewpoint yeah. of just submitting to the father that's such a great feeling it just like like i said you just don't think of anything else at the moment other than just being at the presence of the Lord and yes. worshiping him. So Amen. I think that's very important that we recognize and we view worship as something of just total surrender and not of a tedious or whatever you have, or you may view it as some boring thing because your grandma dragged you into church on Sunday or you just, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever situation it's important that you have that viewpoint of worship because it just, the words that you listen to, it may not make sense to you now, but ultimately down the line, it will come back to you. The Lord's going to bring it back and, you know, things things come around full circle mm -hmm. and the Lord will always remind you of that. So never forget it, ever. If, one last question for you. If, yes, sir. This is a tough one. It's probably the biggest one of all. Hmm. If you had to name your favorite worship song, what would it be? Ooh. Ah, that's one, such a big... one last song that or one last thing we can leave our listeners with um, if they want to leave with one song if you want i can go first i'll go first you can go first okay well i think my favorite the uh, one that really speaks to me is i still believe by jeremy camp because mm. that song the, the 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 verse that says even when i don't see i still believe and how many times do we as christians and m me myself you know if i go through a time in my life, as I said, with my stress and anxiety, where when you don't see the big picture at the end, you still believe that the Lord is still there. He is ultimately the one controlling it. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that verse. Even when I do not see, 
I yeah. still believe mm-hmm. that's something that you carry with you through the storm. Yeah, that's very, very true. I love that song, actually. That's a really, really good one. Um, I'm going to name two. Okay. Uh, currently, one of my current favorites is uh, Canvas and Clay by Pat Barrett. Oh, yes. Pat Barrett is my dude. Uh, I love the words to that song because he talks about Pepper is a very, very raw kind of worship leader. He tells it like it is. He's like, I'm no one. I'm just here making a joyful noise because that's what God's called me to do. So here you go. Mm-hmm. Like he's just all, all meet up in front of you, man. And he, that song is, has been such an awesome one for me to sing. I love singing it every chance I get. And it's one that I just love because of the words, you know, in my mother's going to be for me, you know, I'm, you're the artist and the potter. I'm just a canvas and clay. You do what you want with me. Mm-hmm. You make all things work together. And how many times has have we needed to be told that? Yes. Because the Lord makes all things work together for those who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that in the, in Romans. Um, all time, I go back to a lot of the songs I grew up with mm-hmm. at West Covina. Um, for me, it would be uh, Gates of Righteousness. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the one that I would go to. That's one of my favorites. Um, one because it's taken directly out of the Psalms. It's taken out of the, out of what David said. Open unto me the gates of righteousness. I will enter in, and I will praise you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, David, as we've heard, Pastor Raul and many other pastors say, he is one of the pinnacle of worship leaders because he was a musician. You know, played the harp for Saul, mm-hmm. the king. And he wrote a lot of the psalms that were songs that he that he wrote in not only crying out to God but just in praise, mm-hmm. like you like like you think of that. He just wanted to praise God, yeah. in in the even in, in in the good times that he had, and in the very very troubling times that he had. I mean that's just very true. I think we all know that you know, mm-hmm. and so just to keep that in mind, like. You, you you praise God through the good times and the bad. So that those two for me are the songs that I that, that I come back to. So yeah. I had to name two. Like <laughs> for me, I mean you're talking to a guy who does worship on the daily. So Yeah. I like I say I have a lot of songs. Question. That's why it's a hard, you're right. It's a hard <laughs> question, but hope you don't mind me giving you two of my two of my favorites. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for sharing and uh, the worldview of music and how it's being used for this evil, evil purpose and everything. I, I'm glad that we shed light on it because it's important that, like I said, whoever's listening to it, whether you're in the situation or you're a parent um, bringing up children, it's important that you realize what you're dealing with, how music is an influence, but having a strong faith in the Lord and a strong foundation will ultimately lead you to realize what you're listening to or what is affecting your mind and to turn Amen. away from it. And one yeah. last verse, I'll just leave uh, Psalms 100 verse one through two. Make, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing enter. You know, ultimately we want to enter into his course with praise and singing towards him ultimately, because he is the one who's, uh, de- who's done it all, shed his blood on the cross for us, for you and for me. And, we have that gift of salvation, that gift of everlasting life that mm-hmm. we have to look forward to. Where we'll be singing a lot. Uh, hopefully, when we get to heaven, Sammy's just leading the choir and just and singing. Oh, everything. I would love to do that. I love choirs. That's all I'm all about, it, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm, that's one of the things when I get to heaven. <laughs> it's gonna be like, all right, let's. Where's Sammy at? Let's yes. sing. Let's sing together. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to be in tune for new episodes, new devos, and I'll see you later. Thanks, guys. God bless. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the What I Believe podcast. If you feel that this episode could help someone in need, please share it. And if you yourself want to know more about Jesus Christ or have any questions, we uh, recommend that you call this number 909-396-1884 to speak with a pastor who can answer any of your questions. Thank you for listening and may God continue to bless you.